Hi, friends, and welcome to Robcast 128. And this episode is called, I May Vacuum Out My Car Tomorrow. <laughs> and the reason why that this episode is called, I May Vacuum Out My Car Tomorrow, is because tomorrow, say it with me now, I may vacuum out my car. But uh, actually, that seems like a little ambitious. I don't, I don't think I have enough mojo to even do something that takes that much energy. Uh, because last week I ended uh, my tour and I'm tired. So, uh, but I need to tell you this story because partway through the tour, I started telling this one story and I was so struck with the response to it. Like a, a couple of friends who heard it were like, that, that's the best thing you've done in a long time, that story. And the number of people, the number of different cities who were like, yeah, that was like, that story was the thing that connected with me. And it was not even, it's not even that good of a story. And it's actually a story that I, the first time I told it, first couple of times I told it, it was literally like a throwaway thing on the way to a different point. But it somehow did something. So uh, I'm going to tell you that story. And the reason I'm going to tell you that story is because it actually relates to the end of this tour. And uh, I got to see and meet so many of you from the people I've met in Dallas, Denver, Chicago, Phoenix, I'm looking at my calendar now, Miami, Durham, Austin, Berkeley, Minneapolis, Portland, Tulsa, Brooklyn, did I already say Brooklyn? Sydney, Brisbane, Melbourne, Auckland, London, Belfast, Dublin, Paris, Iceland, Reykjavik, Boston, Indianapolis, Richmond, <laughs> back to Brooklyn. Uh, where else did we go? Chattanooga, and of course, LA. So there's a couple of the places. And I got to meet so many of you, and now I'm done traveling. And I probably won't get on a plane for half a year, and I'm exhausted. And uh, so I need to tell you this story, because I need to tell you about the end of this tour. And then we need to talk about you, because it's about you, my friends. Um, so in 2014, I signed a television deal to have my own television show, The Rob Bell Show. You're probably wondering where I got that name. And... Uh, generally you, you make a pilot and then one episode, and then if they like it, you get an order, which means you get like a, more episodes. But uh, right out of the gate, the commitment was to a full season, which is very rare. And it was like, we're going to do this. And uh, the, the, the sort of message I kept getting was, this is such a new, unique idea and what you want to talk about. No one's really done that. And we think that this show could really break new ground. And so... Um, we shot a couple episodes, and by the end of 2014, there was like some serious momentum. It was like, oh my word, we're going to do this. So, so 2015, the calendar was clear. Um, I had cleared the calendar because when you get a shot to, you know what I mean, have your own TV show, you don't want to be like, oh, I'm sorry, I have to, you know, I have to be in Kansas. You know what I mean? Like you, you like I, you got to give yourself, uh, you got to give yourself to it. You got to go the whole way, and. So, uh, I mean, the level of, like, excitement, I remember the head of the network at a party at the end of 2014 being like, listen, we are committed long-term. This uh, might take a while, 
and it's going to be innovation always takes a little extra sweat and people might not get it at first but we believe in you we believe in this idea we're we're, we're in it for the long haul some of you are like oh man I, I know where this is going and it's not good and you're correct um so it was just full-on look you in the eyes we are committed long term this is going to be game changer i think that's actually the phrase game changer or breaking new ground or one of those phrases which you've heard a thousand times um and then, and so I was like, all right, because we got to make all the rest of season one, and that's going to take like most of 2015. And what a, an amazing opportunity. Like who gets this opportunity? I was just so filled with gratitude and such a thrill. And then like by early January, I was like, hey, uh, you know, you send that email like, hey, uh, so so uh, when's the next meeting? I was like, oh, well, still figuring some things out. And then, and then, you know, like you wait a little bit. It's like that first date thing where you're like, how soon do I, and then you send like another email like, hey, uh, just, you know, just, just checking in to make sure that uh, full steam ahead, that sort of stuff. Yeah, some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Like you're in this weird place where you're like, how much do I push and how much do I just, and then I remember like all of a sudden realizing, wait, this radio silence, this is not good. And the interesting thing about Hollywood is nobody says things to your face. Um, you never get a no to your face. And a friend of mine, he said this to me years ago. He said, you have to understand, you'll never get a no to your face. You'll just get silence. And then I remembered it was been January, 2015. I remember my agent finally one day calling and he was like, yeah, just talk to the network. They're canceling everything. I was like, whoa. He's like, yeah. Uh, and no, no reason and no discussion and no conversation and just no, uh, everything's, everything's voided everything's gone. And uh, I remember hanging up the phone, sort of staring out the window like, oh, uh, because January, my calendar, I mean, it was like, like, you know, <laughs> like in those Westerns when tumbleweed like blows through the middle of the town right before the gun, gun, like there was like tumbleweed blowing through my calendar. It was like, there was nothing, there was no book coming out. Um, and, uh, I, uh, man, uh, to be honest with you, it was scary because, you know, you have kids, you gotta, you gotta put food on the table. You got that, you got those like very primal, um, impulses, which is provide. Um, and I remember, so you sort of have some sleepless nights with, oh, wow, that dream is dead. At least that incarnation of that dream is dead. So there's like an element of grieving, even though you hold it loosely the whole time. You know that thing when you're like holding something loosely, you're like, this could blow up tomorrow. This could end tomorrow. Hold it loosely, hold it loosely. But then when it does blow up or it bombs or it fails or it's gone or the money disappears, you still realize you have to grieve the thing that you've been trying to like hold loosely the whole time. But it was January of 2015 and 2015 had um, nothing. And it was... Uh, yeah, it was, yeah, I think scary is the word. Like, oh, I, I have to like figure something out. And, uh, I remember there's this story that I love. I don't think I've ever told it on the Robcast about the great Akiva, this master teacher who lived a couple thousand years ago. One, uh, night Akiva is going home late at night and it's dark and it's foggy and he misses the turnoff to his village. And so instead of going right, he ends up going left. And he ends up at this massive Roman military outpost. And 
he, uh, there's a rustling up on the wall of the garrison and a soldier yells down, who are you and what are you doing here? And uh, Akiva says, excuse me? And the guard yells down, who are you and what are you doing here? And Akiva pauses and he says, how much are they paying you? And the guard's like, what? And Akiva shouts up at the guard on the wall, how much are they paying you? And the guard pauses and then says, uh, you know, 20 denarius a week. And Akiva says, I'll pay you twice that to come to my house and ask me those two questions every morning. <laughs> if you're not raising your glass right now, so good. Who are you? And what are you doing here? I will pay you twice that to come to my house every morning and ask me those two questions. So I had, uh, I had that, that sort of Akiva moment in January of 15. Like, who are you and what are you doing here? Because this isn't looking good. And uh, I'm, I'm, here to, I'm here to reclaim the sermon as a long-lost art form, a dangerous, provocative, hopeful, inspiring, buoyant, truthful subversive guerrilla theater performance art mashup. That's what I'm here to do. And I'm here to announce good news. And I'm here to make sure you know that everything is spiritual. And I'm here to keep reminding you that the tomb is empty. There's a whole new world bursting forth right here in the midst of this one. That's what I'm here for. Uh, I'm here to help you access joy and depth in equal measure. Because so many times we're cut off from the joy and we're cut off from the depths of our own existence. So there's a lots of answers for who I am, what I'm doing here. But in that moment, it's like, who are you? And uh, what do I do? Oh, I know what I should do. So my son uh, had this old microphone under his bed, like a $60 microphone. So I plugged it into my computer and I opened up QuickTime. I am so technologically challenged that but I knew I could do QuickTime because it's like one, it's like a red circle that you just click and it records. It's like, okay, I can do that. And uh, I borrowed this old microphone that was all dented. And I remember sitting down and I just did like a sermon talk message thing. It was like 20 minutes long. And then uh, we had some, uh, a friend put it up on iTunes. And I remember, I, I remember thinking I should call it the Robcast. I should I should start a podcast. I should call it the Robcast. I remember thinking that is the dumbest idea ever. Robcast is the dumbest name ever. But I can't. But now that I, it's like once you speak it, you can't unspeak it. I was like, now I can't call it anything else. Um, I should start a podcast called the Robcast. So we put it up, and um, I think it did like one Instagram, which was hey. I think the extent was hey. I have a podcast. It's called the Robcast. <laughs> it was about that. It was about that simple. And, um, and then did one the next week. And then I find people fascinating. And I love to hear why people do what they do and how they got to where they got. And I think stories about what seem to be failure are fascinating because often people who are doing interesting things to get there, they just tell you stories about how they failed. 
Uh, and I remember thinking, I should just record some of these conversations. I'm going to ask this person these questions at lunch anyway. I might as well ask them if I could record it. And I remember I had interviewed someone years ago at a live event. And a friend of mine was, was basically was like, you're not very good at interviewing people. Um, he's like, it's actually a skill that you don't have. <laughs> but I was like, I'm going to interview people too. So I'm going to do like sermons. And you know, I, th- I think maybe I'll interview people, but that I was going to be talking with anyway. Um, I would want to, to, to ask that, learn from that person anyway. So I should just, the conversations, and that was always, that's always kind of been a rules. I'm only, I would be talking to this person anyway. So um, if I could get to meet them, these are the questions I'd ask them. So I might as well just record it and, and put those up too. And so that's how the Robcast started. It started from a place of like, who are you and what are you doing here? And there was no money and there was no guarantee of anything. Um, and I had thought maybe a few people will find this helpful. Who knows? Um, but you just try it because you can't live your life wondering what if. Um, in my 20s, I decided I wasn't going to live my life wondering what if because that's awful. So um, and it's interesting to me the number of people traveling this past year who would say like, yeah, but what if no one likes it? Well, I can tell you a number of stories along those lines. Yeah. What if there are critics? Yeah, there could be. What if I lose tons of money? Yeah, I know what that's like. Yeah, what if it doesn't work out? Welcome to the club then. <laughs> of course, of course. So why, why live wondering what if? Just you, try it. And then you'll know. And you keep returning to that place. It's not like it goes away. It's not like you figure it out. It's not like you nail it. And then you just sort of sail on smoothly from there. Uh, and so since last January, and then we've, we've been doing the podcast, and then that led, then there was the first Everything is Spiritual tour, and then uh, Pete Holmes and I did a tour, and then... How to Be Here came out, and sort of, a sort of, all these things began to flow. Because then on the podcast, I could tell you all, "Hey, I'm coming to your town." Then I'd come to your town, I get to meet you. How amazing is that? Uh, and all these things. Uh, sometimes it feels like a whole new life, to be honest with you. Came because my son had a dented sixty-dollar microphone under his bed that he wasn't using, and uh, so. Like when I when I've been in your city this year, and I was telling you how grateful I was that you came out, um, and how amazed I was that we could have the experiences we've had, and even on these podcasts, when I tell you how amazing it is to get to record this stuff and you listen, it's because it is, it's because because it is, <laughs> it's because I'm in awe, it's because who knew, um, and so. Last week, we finished this tour, which in many ways feels like the end of like a two-year push. Um, feels like from January 15, when the podcast started, to last week, and it feels like some chapter. You know what I mean? And the Robcast will roll on, obviously, um, but, it, but it, it's felt like the end of a chapter. And one of the things I've learned about my work is it takes a lot of silence to speak, um, and so I'm quiet and I listen and I just sort of follow my nose where it takes me. It's like the curiosity is the engine. And then 
things begin to build up. That's like, oh, I, I, I need to talk about that. I should talk about that. And then I go out and do it. And then there comes a point you have to stop and you have to go back and be silent and listen and explore and cook up the next thing. So uh, when I finished, the last tour stop was last weekend, Los Angeles. When I finished at the end of that day, that was a moment. Do you ever feel like you're carrying something and then suddenly you set it down? For me, it's like ideas. It's like this body of ideas I've been carrying around the world, literally. And then you set them down because uh, you need to walk away and, and like dream it all up again. So I'm tired, but it's good tired. It's exhausted, but it's good exhausted. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, it's the it's the you've given everything you have, and now you're gonna like go hibernate or, or in my case go surfing. But or you know if we're really up for it, I may vacuum the car tomorrow. Um, but it's good tired, and that's what you want actually. You don't really care about making lots of money, and you don't really care about living in a big nice house. Um, what you really want is you you want that good tired feeling like you've given yourself to something that's it's who are you and what are you doing here and uh we're seeing this interesting thing with social media where people believe they need to be on all the time and there are even consultants who will tell you no you need to always be posting otherwise people might forget about you um no people do need to forget about you when you're always on it's actually horrible for your heart when you're always posting, when you're always announcing, when you're always letting us know what you had for breakfast, it's actually terrible for the natural rhythms of the soul. Everything around you and within you wants to be on a sine wave. It wants to have a rhythm to it. An inhale and an exhale, a parasympathetic and sympathetic, uh, on, off, engage, disengage out there and then withdraw. Sun rises, sun sets, summer, fall, winter, spring. Everything both within you and outside of you. And, and once again, the environment is both internal and external to you. You, your body, you're made of the same stuff as everything else, rocks, trees, rivers, frogs. So what's true about the environment around you is true about you because you are made of, we're made of the environment, same stuff. So. When you violate these rhythms, when we're on, when you're always on your phone, when we're always checking email seven days a week, um, that's just going back to Egypt. That's just a new kind of slavery. And actually, it can't be sustained. Actually, one of my, uh, I think what you're going to see with this new, because nowadays you have people who when they post, it becomes news. Like literally the news is what certain people put on Twitter. Um, and so people are now becoming their own broadcast stations and you can't broadcast every day. You can't do it. The body cannot do it. The soul, the spirit cannot do it because we have to live according to rhythms. So I think you're actually going to see people, it's going to drive people to madness. I think you're going to see actual illness from this lack of rhythm. Um, and so I've had this sense like, oh, this is, the end of that tour will be like the end of a chapter. And sometimes you have to identify something for what it is, or um, you may find yourself with, with 
unhealthy levels of despair, exhaustion, confusion, bewilderment. Um, you do your work, you push, and then you are done. And then you go away and you rest. And uh, what I noticed on the tour is how many people would describe living according to a rhythm, but whenever they weren't pushing or working or performing or posting or achieving, they would say, so I just was like home and I was just so lazy. It's like, wait, 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 wait. How did rest, how did rejuvenation, how did Sabbath, how messed up is it when people take steps into health and describe it as laziness? It's not lazy, it's health. You, you are listening to the rhythms that are calling to you all around you all the time. So uh, you do your work. You throw yourself into it. That's how it works because no one owes you anything. Uh, the number of people I've met who are waiting to do the thing. Um, and you say, well, what are you waiting for? And they're waiting for m someone to give them a ton of money or they're waiting for, for a, someone to back them. Um, here's the thing. Make the crap version. Just m make it on your iPhone. Try it in your living room or your garage or your backyard. Um, I've met a number of people who are waiting for someone to give them a ton of money so that they can then go do the thing. And you think, why would I back you or invest or give money or support for you to do the big, giant, expensive thing when you haven't made the crap version, the small version, the DIY version in your backyard or on your iPhone? You humbly do your work and you throw yourself into it because no one owes you anything. And now, and the reason why I tell you all this is like now I'm back there all over again. Um, this has been like a beautiful chapter. And there's one thing, there's like I think three things on the calendar for all of 2017. There's like one thing for sure I'm doing and like maybe maybe one or two other things that are like, each a couple of hours. And then there's one thing I'm doing in May, which will, will take a bunch of energy. Other than that, once again, <laughs> we're back there and it's wide open and there's tumbleweeds blowing through the calendars. Um, so the, 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 the Robcast will keep rolling. And I actually have been stockpiling interviews. By the way, I have interviewed some people who have, oh my word, I kept, I've been stockpiling all fall these interviews I've been doing because I knew in December, I probably wouldn't have a lot of energy to speak. Early January, I'd be a little cooked. Um, so we're gonna continue the wisdom series. And then um, we have some other alternative wisdom we need to cover. And then we need to cover some gospel wisdom. And then I wanna do this series on uh, late, like essentially 21st century late capitalism and what it's doing to the, to the soul of the modern Western world. Um, that's, I think I'm gonna call that series, Subverting the System. We're going to talk about scale, and we're going to talk about, oh, my word, seriously. So we got a lot of ground we're going to cover, but in the next couple of weeks or something, um, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a little talked out, and uh, so I'm going to play some interviews, and uh, we'll probably do, you know, um, maybe a wisdom one here or there, and then we'll be back on it. Probably by January, we'll be full steam ahead. Um, oh, by the way, I'm doing a Largo show. I am doing a Largo, Chris, my annual Christmas show. How can we not do the, the annual Christmas show? Oh, and while we're at it, 
Speaking of Christmas, because you have people that you need to, you, you feel like you should get something for, but you don't know what to get them. So here's the thing. I'm here to help you. Um, <laughs> I got a hold of all of these, um, I don't even know if you can't get them anymore, like first and second editions of some of my books. I think there's some early love wins. There's, there is a second printing drops like stars that's blue. I don't even know if it ever made it into stores. And I found, they were like in a warehouse and I bought all of them. It's like a, it's like a, it's not, it's like a blue version of the red hardcover. Um, I love, seriously, this book. So I, I found all this stock that was going to be like, I don't know what was going to happen to it. Um, but I signed a whole bunch of these first editions and out of print stuff and weird covered books and those are all on my website now. So if there's somebody you're like, what do I get them? Um, uh, we, we, we got you covered. So go to my site. You can see all those books there. But um, otherwise, 2017 is like wide open. And I have a few ideas. Um, and, I, and the way that it works is you need 10 ideas. You need to try 10 things to get one that's even anywhere near presentable. You know what I mean? Like I have multiple books in my computer that are written that just aren't good enough to release. Oh, I have a bunch of Robcast ideas that just aren't, they're not there. I have like a whole list. Where is it? It's right here. And it's actually right in, there it is. There's like a whole list of ideas that I've thought about doing a Robcast on, but they're just not good enough. Um, so that's how it works is you have to just try a ton of things and you just do the work and then and then hopefully some of it turns out to be something that's that maybe should be released and maybe it'll help somebody. Uh, so like when you meet a business person who tried something and it didn't work, and so like, I guess I'm not supposed to do business things. What do you, what, what? Uh, for me, I, I swear it's 10 ideas to get one good one. So if you failed at something, sweet, only nine more to go. <laughs> Okay, there's always the chance that that one good thing might come at like five or six, and now you're really in, in, in business, literally in business. But where did you get the idea that it would all work fine right out of the gate? Um, where did you get the idea that you get a TV show and it would actually, you get to make a season? You know what I mean? Where, where, who are you? <laughs> that it would be so much easier for you than the rest of us, that you would just try something and it would instantly be great. Where did any of us get any of those ideas? Um, you humbly return what's been given to you. You just do the work. And by the way, energy that you spend talking about the work is energy that you could spend doing the work. Do you have a friend or maybe it's you who keeps telling you about all the things she's going to do or he's going to do and you realize talking about it is how they avoid actually doing it. Um, so it's probably best to just just try it. Just make the phone call, enroll in the class, do the research, start typing, go help out, uh, make 20 of them and give them away and see if it, it works. Um, yeah. Yeah. Day after day, week after week, year after year, you just keep throwing yourself in to whatever it is that gets you up in the morning. Life is difficult enough. It's going to be difficult. It's going 1,000% for sure. It's going to be difficult. So you might as well be doing something that gets you out of bed with some semblance of joy and meaning. 
So I have a couple of ideas. I actually have a bunch of ideas um, that I need to try. And uh, I honestly am like, man, I don't, that, I don't, I don't even think that, that idea is possible. Um, which actually, that's when I know that I'm onto it when it doesn't seem possible. <laughs> that's when I know. When I think, man, that could be a ton of effort and it could totally bomb and nobody could care. That's for me like a sign. Like something starts blinking, like warmer, warmer. Um, then, then I know we're onto it. Then I know because that's the like, it's when you get that glint in your eye. It's like that fire that doesn't go out. We're like, this is what I'm, I need to try this. I need to go after this. And we'll see, we'll see what it is. We'll see where it goes. Um, you know you're onto it when you start smiling, thinking, oh my word, how incredible it would be to try that. Yeah, and you start, and there's no money. There's no one backing you. There's no investors. <laughs> there's no like nice office that you go to. It's just you. Like I'm in a back house at a desk um, with a dog that's sitting there probably gonna bark any moment. Like that's how it works. You get interrupted by your kid who wants to know if they can make hot dogs. You know what I mean? Like that's how it actually works. Um, and that's what, that's, that's, yeah, yeah. Who are you? And what are you doing here? So um, this Robcast, the fact that I get to talk to you, it started because it uh, started like everything else starts. And now we're back there again. A, a chapter has ended. And now a new chapter will start. And in order to do the next round of things, I have to have some silence. Uh, I have to have some quiet. I have to just uh, wander around a bit, see where it takes me. And uh, I may vacuum the car tomorrow. But right now, even saying that, I'm like, I don't know, that seems like a lot of work. <laughs> that might be a while, might be a while. And so you have to let yourself be tired and you have to let yourself have no ambition and you have to let yourself kind of unravel. And uh, you have to m maybe make some tacos, watch some football. Uh, we'll probably go surfing um, because we worked hard. And now we're going to do some other things. And so it's like this mellow week after, and yet it's also underneath it all is like this, this like really now... Right now, it's like a quiet, pulsing joy. Like, oh my word, that's over. And if something ends, an ending is always a beginning. An ending is always a beginning. And so sometimes you have to just let the previous chapter, it's like you have to flush it out and just celebrate it. Sometimes you have to grieve it. If it's the ending of something uh, tragic or heartbreaking, you have to grieve it. You have to let it go. You have to name it. I literally probably tomorrow, I have a stack of, I have some paper right here. I'll probably just write a bunch of things because I got so many thoughts. Um, it's like I carried some stuff around the world and I've been pushing for like two years and now it's like I need to just work it through and flush it out and like let it go. And then only then can you start the next thing, which may or may not involve vacuuming out my car. Grace and peace, my friends. <laughs>